Welcome to the revolution. Hello, and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams, and thank you so much for listening today. We are going to talk about some pretty interesting things. That have, I mean, it's been a way crazier week than we've had in a while. So let me walk you through what's going on. Colorado, Colorado, the, the entire state of Colorado just legalized psychedelics after the midterm elections. That includes mushrooms, DMT, Ibogaine, all of this stuff. So we will touch on that briefly. The FBI raided the home and seized the property of a journalist who posted legally obtained information about Area 51. Then we will also discuss Poland getting hit by a missile what most people are assuming came from Russia. So we will discuss that. We will actually go ahead and look at all of the updates from what's going on there, as well as talking through the transcripts of Vladimir Putin in his discussion today. We are going to also discuss the recent announcement by former President Donald Trump that he is going to run in 2024, along with some crazy things that he said during that announcement that I do not agree with. So we will talk about those and why I don't agree with them. And we will also discuss the FTX crypto scandal, which many people believe is actually been a front for Ukrainian money laundering back to the Biden administration and the Democratic Party. So that was all in the last two days, basically. It's been wild. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew Everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. If you didn't know, I actually sat down and created one intro music for this podcast the very first uh, time. And, and by the way, it has been a year since I lost this or launched this podcast, which was October 2019th of last year. So one year, happy one year to the Red Pill Revolution podcast. I don't know if I have any, any claps here. Oh, look at that. Woo! All right. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. 50 episodes. One year later, you can stop the applause. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much, guys, for listening. I truly do appreciate it. This is such a blessing in my life to be able to come on here and get all of this out to you guys. I don't know who I would. I've, I've, 
I don't know who I'd talk to about all this stuff. I mean, I talk to a lot of people about it, but, but uh, it's, it's awesome to be able to talk to you guys. It's awesome to be able to engage with you guys. So honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being a part, about, uh, a part of this. Thank you so much for spreading the word. I do plan on this being 100% what I do with my life. So please, please spread the word as much as you can. Uh, if you can, uh, go ahead and over to redpillrevolution.co. You can subscribe to the podcast there, leave a five-star review, hit the subscribe button, all of that good stuff. Write a review if you can. It actually helps me get up in the rankings more than anything else. So please write a review, type it with your little awesome fingers right now. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, head over to redpillrevolution.co. You can subscribe to the Substack where you get all of the articles, all of the topics, uh, topic videos, the full podcast directly in your email along with the video podcast, some extra little goodies. Sometimes I write some stuff in there. All good stuff for free. Head over to redpillrevolution.co.com is for losers. Do it right now. I would appreciate it. And while you're there, you can actually go and donate if you would like to fuel the revolution. You can go directly to Red Pill Revolution, uh, or I'm sorry, give, send, go, slash Red Pill Revolution. So give, send, go.com, of course, uh, slash Red Pill Revolution, give, send, go.com, slash Red Pill Revolution, and I would appreciate it. So that's what I got. Usually I do that at the beginning, but I don't know. I guess I missed it because I was so excited about all of the wild stuff going on. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about the very first thing today, which is that Colorado legalized psychedelics, not just mushrooms, not they legalized DMT. Like they just they didn't start at the bottom and just move their way up over the years. They just went like top to bottom psychedelics legal in Colorado from Proposition 122, which did get passed. I think that this is actually I'm 100% behind it. I think psychedelics uh, have proven scientifically to have a large positive net effect on so many mental health issues. Uh, I personally have not done them, surprisingly, uh, but uh, I'm definitely open to the idea at some point in my life, maybe down the road not interested in it at the very moment that I'm sitting here with you, but I do see so many positive effects coming out of this. I do see, you know, just from meditation and things that I've talked about in the past, I have, you know, reached those places that you can get to through psychedelics and I've seen the positive effects in my life. Uh, and so I absolutely believe this is something that I stand behind wholeheartedly. I think it's awesome. So let's go ahead and read this article. This is coming from ABC news, everybody's favorite, uh, news website. Not really. It says Colorado has become the second state. Second state. Oh, I was wrong. Second straight. Colorado has become the second state to decriminalize and legalize recreational psychedelics. Voters passed a ballot initiative during last week's election, and it will make it legal for adults to purchase and use DMT or dimethyltryptamine, ibogaine, mescaline. Uh, it actually excludes peyote and um, they can also use psilocybin. Nearly 1.2 million voters, roughly 53% of the total vote, approved Prop 122, according to state election results. It says currently Oregon, 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 depending on if you're from Oregon or not from Oregon, you say it one way or the other, I think. At least all the people that I've met from Oregon say it's Oregon. And all the people I've met not from Oregon say it's Oregon. So I'm not from Oregon. Oregon, Oregon. I don't know. Currently, Oregon is the only state uh, to legalize psychedelics. In 2022, 55% of Oregon uh, voters passed an initiative to legalize recreational psychedelics. Starting next year, Oregon residents can use psilocybin at licensed service centers. 
and not in their homes, according to the Oregon Health Authority. Colorado's ballot measure comes 10 years after it, and Washington state voters passed ballot initiatives to legalize recreational marijuana for adult residents. Today, 21 states and the District of Columbia offered legalized cannabis for adult residents. Five states, Maryland, Missouri, Arkansas, North Dakota, and South Dakota, had ballot measures in this year's election to legalize recreational adults or recreational marijuana for adults. Voters in Maryland, Missouri passed the recreational uh, measures, while voters in other states rejected the referendums. Interesting. But that's wild. Colorado. Colorado. What is up, Colorado? Leading the way, leading the charge on the front of this. And, and as we saw what happened with marijuana, they are just going to start a domino effect of all the other states. And again, I am wholeheartedly behind this. I 100% approve. Uh, I think if you don't, you should look at the scientific studies that talk about veterans PTSD. I think that you should look at the scientific studies that help talk about how it helps depression. Uh, I think you should look at the studies that show that you literally have to eat more than your body weight or some crazy something like that, not medical advice, uh, in mushrooms to die. I'm sure it's, it may not even be a thing, just like marijuana. Uh, DMT, uh, not sure how that works, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't kill you. Like a lot of the pharmaceutical medications that were given, like Oxycontin, like uh, you know fentanyl that they literally give to women in labor. Crazy. So again, I'm 100% behind this. I agree with this. I, I don't see anything wrong with this. I, I do think they're going to be setting up treatment centers. I believe that's going to allow you to grow these in your home. Uh, as it stands right now, these are like you get in big trouble if you're found with stuff that literally grows on shit in the farming pasture. <laughs> like, why? Why does that make any sense? If it's put on this earth, why should you allow a government entity to be able to tell you whether you can pluck it and throw it in your own mouth? In your own mouth. I could see if you were plucking it off of the cow patty and shoving somebody to the ground, forcefully opening their mouth and throwing it in there, shutting their mouth and making like shaking them upside down to make sure, or I guess the upside down probably wouldn't work, but you see the point. If you are doing it to your own body, I think you should basically be free reign. I, I think you, you should, even if you don't agree with psychedelics, even if you think it's wrong, logically, philosophically, I believe you should be able to ruin your own life. hundred percent. If you want to sit all day and smoke weed and play video games, I think you should have the right to do so. And you will find that there is social repercussions, sociological, social repercussions to that, that you probably don't like. And eventually you may change what you're doing as a result of those social repercussions. People probably don't want to hang out with you. People might think that you're a loser if that's all you're doing all day. But there's also some very high functioning people who smoke weed all day and make a bunch of money and do awesome stuff all the time and just enjoy it more while also eating snacks. So <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily think that there should, the government, especially if we're peddling out Oxycontin and allowing the drug cartels to pull over fentanyl in boatloads, which I guess is coming from China. You know, I, I heard the Dr. Phil interview where he was talking about how China is manufacturing fentanyl taking it to the cartels. The cartels are bringing it into the U.S. through the border, which tons of people are coming over now as of the last two years. wonder if that's a coincidence. And then killing your friends and family and children with it intentionally because they want the demise of our culture. 
I don't know, just a theory. But it seems to make a lot of sense to me. If you were going to do something like that, why wouldn't you do it through drugs, through the minds of the culture uh, from the inside, right? And, and utilizing the drug cartels. Why wouldn't, you know, it just makes so much sense. Uh, I don't know. But is that happening? You know, is is the is it in your kids' candy on on October thirty first? That was like the whole scare about that. I don't think that was happening. I, I at least we didn't hear about it. I'm pretty sure if we would, if somebody's child died from a fentanyl overdose from eating Smarties while going through subdivisions on Halloween, I'm pretty sure it would have been in the news by now, and it wasn't. So interesting. Now, off the backs of that crazy stuff, let's talk about some other crazy stuff. The FBI raided the home and seized the property of a man who put out information that he obtained legally about Area 51. So this journalist found photos, found information about Area 51, collected it completely legally, did absolutely nothing wrong, and still had his property seized and had his home raided by the FBI. I don't know how the FBI is still functioning right now after all of the un, like crazy missteps that they've taken recently. The 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 raiding of Mar-a-Lago to which we heard putters, nothing, absolutely nothing at all came from that of literally kicking like maybe not literally kicking down the door, but metaphorically kicking down the door of a former president, which has never happened in the history of our country, of his home's house, his home, his domicile, right? I think that's the word, uh, raided the house of a, an ex-president. The last president, like two years removed president, and no repercussions to the FBI, and no repercussions to Trump. Nobody's even talking about it anymore. It's not even a conversation. And here they are, doing the same thing now to this journalist who put out information about Area 51. I can't believe we're still talking about Area 51, honestly. Like, we're literally having congressional hearings surrounding UAPs, UFOs, aliens, uh, and we're still raiding the homes of people based on Area 51 pictures? That makes... That makes literally no sense. No sense at all. So, hmm. All right, let's go ahead and read this article. This is coming from Real News No Bullshit, which always seems to kick me out of their website, even though I am a member. Highly recommend you find several news sources that you, uh, you know, feel are unbiased and also not clickbaity and also are reporting properly without any political bias. And pay for their stuff, even if they're small. Real News No Bullshit at realnewsnotbs.com is one of them that I use and I subscribe because I want to support good journalism. Now, I don't know if I exactly classify myself as a journalist, but if you would like to support my work here, I already told you how to do it, redpillrevolution.co or go to givesengo.com slash redpillrevolution. That's called a plug because I don't do ads, nothing, nothing at all for you guys here. So just me talking. All right, let's go ahead and pull up this article now that I have signed in and successfully talked for a minute and a half while I do so. And here it is. 
FBI raids home and seizes property of journalists who post legally obtained information in photos of Area 51. All right. So it says last week, the FBI raided multiple locations in Las Vegas in Rachel, Nevada, approximately 28 miles from the Nevada test site tied to journalist Jorg, J-O-E-R-G-A-R-N-U, George Arnu, looks way more difficult than it's probably pronounced, of dreamlandresort.com. Uh, a new, our news website is a popular page that covers activities at the Nevada test site. He posts various photos and information related to the secretive site that he claims are legally obtained for his viewers to see posts also included zoomed in pictures of the facility, government aircraft, locations of military ground sensors outside of the base, security cameras, and the notorious camo dudes who protect the military installation. You mean military? Are they not military? A day before the FBI raided his home, our new hinted that something could be coming, writing, it has been brought to my attention that there is a concern about some of the material on the site. I do not believe that collecting or publishing that material is against the law. Otherwise, I guess it sounds like they gave him a heads up. Um, photos taken from uh, his website shows the camo dudes in the truck. Um, the day after, approximately 35 FBI agents served search warrants at both homes and seized computers, cameras, files, cell phones, and other electronic devices. Our news said each location saw at least 15 to 20 agents rummaging through our homes in about eight vehicles. Needless to say, it was a spectacle for curious neighbors, both in Rachel and in Vegas. In the process, I lost all of my data, medical files, financial tax records, passwords, everything. Following the raids, our new also raised concerns that the raids may lead to bogus charges being filed against him in order to send a message. I'm concerned that overzealous government agents may use bogus charges against me to send a message. Putting the truth out there cannot hurt. Mm, sounds familiar, right? We had the FBI raiding uh, Mar-a-Lago. Uh, we had them doing plenty of other little uh, weird things recently that seem to be unconstitutional, including this one here. Uh, I'm, I'll be interested to see the follow-up on this. Um, nothing too in-depth there, but it is, again, like I said, surprising that there's still these types of things happening, which maybe they just thought it would never come up. But obviously, when you raid the home of somebody with 35 FBI agents, there's going to be some talks about it. 35. That's a lot of FBI agents. Hmm. All right. Now, let's talk about the more pressing issues. One of them being that NATO leaders are holding emergency meetings after, allegedly, Russian missiles land in Poland, killing two people. All right, now this is, again, coming from realnewsnotbs.com, and it gives a timestamp for all of the things that happened, and it, again, is making me sign in. But because I like good journalism, I will do it. Uh, so, it also could be because I'm using Brave Browser. Brave Browser is a great browser. It's probably the only browser that I would recommend that you use because it hides all of your data. All of it um, doesn't track you. Uh, you can also, there's a VPN built into it. Then uh, Brave Search. Brave Search is what I use instead of Google because it doesn't curate your search results as well. So this gives a timestamp of all of the happenings that are going on here. Let's see how long it is. Um, and I'll kind of talk you through what the day looked like regarding Poland. And it's not too much too much time here. So this says that at 4.14 p.m., Polish prime minister says the country has heightened readiness and has been introduced for all Polish services, including the uh, police, firefighters, border guards will also increase monitoring of Polish air, air, air space. Uh, Polish government releases first statement officially blaming Russia for strikes on its territory. In a statement, the Polish government said that on November 15th, a massive shelling of the entire territory of Ukraine and its critical infrastructure by the Russian military was observed for hours. 
At 3.40, a Russian-made missile fell on the territory of the village of Prezwidau in Lubin, Providence, resulting in the death of two Polish citizens. In connection with the incident, Foreign Minister Rao has summoned the ambassador of Russia to demand an immediate, detailed explanation. At 3.03, approximately, I don't know, three minutes before then. So are we looking at this in the wrong direction? It may appear so. Hmm, let's see. Okay, so let's start from the bottom. We started from the top. Uh, maybe they should tell you that. Nothing against you. All right, 10.07 a.m., two rockets have landed in the town of Presbydal, Poland, on the border of Ukraine. They hit the grain dryers. Two people have died. No word on who is responsible. 10.14, approximately seven minutes later, Polish prime minister has called an emergency meeting with top government officials. Reports indicating that two Russian missiles landed in Poland. 10.17, aid to prime minister uh, says that he is holding a meeting with the national security team and top defense officials. The meeting is set to discuss repercussions of a missile attack by Russia. Senior U.S. intelligence official speaking to Associated Press confirms that two Russian missiles landed in Poland. Now, I guess that the bigger concern with this is the fact that, you know, everybody's been talking about World War II, World War III, World War III. Everybody's been talking about the potential of World War III. If you know anything about World War II, Poland had a little bit to do with it in the beginnings, right? Poland, I'm sure, uh, had basically got bombed and got pulled into the war, and the rest is history, right? So that's kind of some justifiable concern surrounding this action happening. Now, from what I've read elsewhere, some people are less concerned about this turning into escalated conflict. They're more concerned about it escalating NATO's response as opposed to Poland directly. But that's the concern. The concern is that Poland gets bombed, Poland gets dragged into the war. This sounds like it may have been potentially accidental. Didn't actually, you know, wasn't the intention to pull Poland into the war. I don't know why they would do that right now unless they were trying to further move territories. But even then, that wouldn't make much sense because they're having difficulty in Ukraine anyways. Uh, it says 1017, aid to prime minister said there's going to be repercussions. Senior U.S. intelligence official confirms the two Russian missiles. Latvia's defense minister said, my condolences to our Polish brothers in arms. Criminal Russian regime fired two missiles, which targeted not only Ukrainian citizens, uh, but also landed on NATO territory in Poland. That's from Latvia. Hungary speaks out. The, Pent the Pentagon did not confirm or deny the information. Now, what I would say is the most interesting portion of all of this. So it goes on to say that senior U.S. official confirms to NBC News that something did happen with a Russian missile hitting Poland. They do not know whether it was deliberate or an accident. Then Russia responds. Russia says at 12.07 that statements by Polish media and officials about the allegedly alleged fall of Russian missiles in the area of the settlement is a deliberate provocation in order to escalate the situation. No strikes were made by Russian weapons against targets near the Ukrainian-Polish state border. The wreckage published by the Polish media hot on the heels of the incident in the village of Presvidal has nothing to do with Russian weapons of destruction. So Russia vehemently denies the claim that these were their missiles, says they did not fire any missiles towards them, said that that was, had nothing to do with them, and that they're trying to provoke this situation further by saying that it was them. 1237, NATO uh, Secretary General said that NATO is monitoring the situation and always are closely consulting. All right. 
Poland says something. Poland, the White House doesn't confirm the details. That was at one o'clock. Uh, let's see. Head of the Polish National Security says Polish uh, Duda currently is in talks with U.S. President Joe Biden. Uh, now it's saying here at 127, Ukraine's foreign minister said Russia now promotes a conspiracy theory that was allegedly a missile of Ukrainian air defenses that fell on Polish territory. This is not true. No one should buy Russian propaganda or amplify its messages. So this is a he said, she said situation, right? Russia, Russia denies it that this was their missile. And Russia even goes on to say that the missile was Ukrainian air defenses that fell in Polish territory. Ukraine's foreign minister says that's not true, and so on. Uh, two Ukrainian diplomats say that NATO ambassadors will meet tomorrow, invoking Article 4. Article 4 allows members to bring any issue of concern, especially related to the security of member countries. Okay. Ukrainian news outlet says uh, that the air defense missile landed in Ukraine. Hmm. Ukrainian news outlet Interfax reporting that Ukrainian KH-101 air defense missiles landed in Ukraine. So a Ukrainian news outlet confirmed what they were saying. Uh, the next thing that happens was at 2 o'clock. Ukrainian forces may have been involved in the explosion that occurred in eastern Poland to lure NATO. That's from the Russian state. Uh, and it looks like there are some pictures of this. So it says two weapons analysts are claiming that photos of debris from the missiles found in Poland near belong to a Ukrainian missile. The analysts note that at the end of a Ukrainian rocket motor identified as, uh, what is it, 48N6DM SAMS rocket motor. Photos attached with descriptions. Ukrainian call these claims conspiracy theories. Of course they do. Uh, Poland has officially summoned the Russian ambassador after the missile strikes. Polish media outlets reporting that government officials believe the missile debris is from Russia. How convenient. How convenient that they're, you know, this is a, again, he said, she said, but it sounds like after that whole dirty bomb situation where the UN Security Council met about that, if you don't recall what that was, the UN Security Council was called into a meeting after Russia called them based on claims that Ukraine was building a dirty bomb to drop on from what somebody told me, I don't know if this is correct and I haven't verified it, so maybe not, was Paris. And then we're going to blame Russia, trying to bring other people into the war. Uh, <clears throat> Poland, uh, releases official statements blaming Russia. And this was at, uh, five or six o'clock. Um, Polish prime minister says the country is heightened readiness. All right. Da, 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 da. So there you go. There's the story right now. We don't know who did this, who, where the missile got dropped from, who did it. Uh, it seems like it could have just as much been Ukraine as it could have been Russia at this point. Uh, but I guess time will tell. And maybe it won't, because again, we, we barely even have access to any of the contrarian conversations surrounding this, especially when if I post this tomorrow, it's going to get flagged as misinformation. If you talk about the two sides of this conversation, one being that Russia claims that Ukraine air defense missiles dropped in Poland. The other being that Ukraine claims that Russia bombed Poland. Poland, obviously a NATO ally, uh, says that they believe it was Russia. Now, again, all of this is doing is escalating. Nobody is saying we deliberately bombed anybody. There's no, no foreseeable way that this action gets heightened into, you know, what some people are concerned about. I don't see it. 
All right. Um, Polish president says rocket may have been Russian made. All right. So we already talked about that. There's a video that goes along with it. Um, now, I would say. Oh, here's a video where it allegedly shows that Biden says it was unlikely that it was Russian made, which means that it could have been Ukrainian. Uh, so let's see if I can get this connected here and we can listen to that because I think that's a, a good one. And then we'll actually listen to what Biden's initial response to be was because it was hilarious, hilarious and concerning on both parts, but mostly concerning because he's our president and not some random dude. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this video here and let's see if I can just... Simply goes out. So apparently, two people were killed, and uh, and then we're going to collectively determine our next step as we investigate and proceed. There was total unanimity among the folks at the table. And we also discussed the latest series of Russian missile attacks, which are continuing the brutality and inhumanity that they've demonstrated throughout this war against Ukrainian cities and civilian infrastructures. And uh, it's, they've been totally unconscionable, what they're doing. Totally unconscionable. And the moment when the world had come together at the G20 to urge de-escalation, Russia continues to, uh, has chosen to escalate in Ukraine while we're meeting. I mean, there were scores and scores of attacks, missile attacks, into Western Ukraine. We support Ukraine fully in this moment. We have... Uh, we have since the start this conflict, we're going to continue to do whatever it takes to give them the capacity to defend themselves. Mr. President, is it too early to say whether this missile was fired from Russia? There is preliminary information that contests that. I don't want to say that till we completely investigate, but it, it is, uh, I, uh, I, 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 it's unlikely in the minds of the trajectory that it was fired from Russia. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So this whole thing is still to this second being perpetuated as being Russia firing missiles at Poland. And here, Biden is saying that it's unlikely that the preliminary information shows that that's potentially not true, but is hesitating to say it because it doesn't fit their narrative. But they know there's going to be so much blowback once it's confirmed that it was actually Ukraine that they can't hype this up to be this crazy bombing like they would have loved to do because it's eventually going to show that it was from Ukraine. At least that's what I'm taking from it. Uh, and but let, here's this clip. This was earlier, a little bit earlier today of Biden showing that he will not respond on this yet, which is a bit different than what he just said. But this was just so ridiculous that this was the response of our president. And then they literally shoo everybody out of the room. So here it is. Let's see the question that's asked and let's watch his response. Mr. President, can you tell us what you know so far about the explosion in Poland, sir? No. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you so much.
Okay. So what you just heard is somebody saying, can you confirm that, you know, can you talk more about what happened uh, in Poland with the Russian missile? And he goes, no. And just stares at them weirdly as all of his handlers swoop in and go, everybody get out, everybody get out. That's what you hear in the background. Everybody get out, everybody get out. Keep moving, keep moving towards the exit. Please move, please move, everybody out. No more questions because you asked the one that we don't want to answer right now because we don't, it doesn't suit our narrative. And that's the biggest problem here is they want to escalate this war. They would have loved, loved it if Russia bombed Poland, even if by accident. And now they know there's probably, probably irrefutable evidence that it was Ukrainian air defense missiles that dropped in Poland that caused these two people to die. That was the actual reason. So there you go. All right. Sorry, had to correct something real quick. All right. So there you go. That to me is so telling of what they want out of this. They want an international conflict. That is what they want. They want to get drawn into, they want to draw the U.S. into the war. They want the public support surrounding it. And they're trying everything they can. They're trying to even potentially, according to Vladimir Putin, bring them in by doing false flag dirty bombs, which is just so, so beyond concerning. All right. So there's your information on Poland. Now, Putin did come out and have a speech today where he actually said something about how the uh, certain countries, well, I'll just go ahead and read it for you. Um, he says, good afternoon, colleagues. Welcome to the meeting uh, organizing committee. Today we'll be discussing matters related to preserving the historical memory, the ongoing organizing committee that consistently devotes priority attention to this issue, which is particularly relevant today. So what he's talking about here is that he's accusing Western countries and Western cultures of deleting and changing history. I'm sure a lot of that's talking about the United States of America, right? Every time he's saying Western cultures, he's either talking about, you know, us or the UE, right? So attempts made by certain countries to rewrite and reshape world history are becoming increasingly aggressive, ultimately, and obviously seeking to divide our society, take away our guiding lines, and eventually weaken Russian influence and sovereignty, essentially shake its sovereignty. Distortion of history, imposing of myths, and the undermining of values. is oft, It is often with these myths that destabilizing states and nations begins. As we can see, a similar scenario has been tested in some other countries, including Ukraine. There have been attempts to target Russia as well. But as I have said before, we took resolute and timely measures to protect our interests and stave off similar sabotage. Wow, they have a whole committee in conversations surrounding uh, keeping history correct. Interesting. Um, not going to dive too much into that, but he talks about Nuremberg trials. He says, I would like to note that many initiatives rel related to this topic have been launched by our organizing committee. One of them is the No Statue of Limitations Project, involving a systematic and scholarly collection of data on the crimes committed by the Nazis and their accomplices against the civilian population during the Great Patriotic War, the very crimes against humanity condemned by the Nuremberg Tribunal. The scale of those atrocities were so egregious that at the time in the 1940s, only a part of the evidence reached at the court. As it was impossible to consider everything, today we are filling those gaps and restoring justice. Interesting. Let's see if he mentions Poland at all, because this was today, the same day. We'll see if he says anything regarding that in like questions. 
no. It seems like two mentions of it, and they don't have to they have to do with Auschwitz, which was in Poland. Um, hmm. Okay. So interesting. You can go read that. I found it right directly at Kremlin.ru slash events slash president. And then you can look at all the transcriptions of his recent conversations. Uh, but an interesting one. So now let's go ahead and discuss Donald Trump, Donald Trump announcing his 2024 bid for presidency. And the live event, I believe, is still streaming right now, maybe over by now, but it was streaming 40 minutes ago. And here is a clip of him stating his announcement. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Pointing at people, he's super happy. He's, yeah, you, you, and you. Yeah, we're going to do it. All right. There was Donald Trump saying that he is going to run in 2024. Now, he followed this up with some uh, very good statements surrounding protecting children, going after sex trafficking, and some things like that. And then he followed that up with some not so agreeable statements on my end. I don't agree with some of this, at least this one statement that we'll show you in just a second. Now, this is off the backs of the Ron DeSantis situation where Donald Trump was just talking a whole bunch of shit about Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis came out and said, hey, when you're in the spotlight like I am and you're you're actually doing things out there, it brings on criticism, which I think was a very studious response by Ron DeSantis. Now, when it comes to this side or that side, you know, I, I tend to... <sighs> this is a hard, hard one. Now, I, I think that in the light of where we are as a nation, we need less escalation, not more, right? I don't know, I, I, as, as entertaining as it is, as fun as it seems to have a Donald Trump 2024 presidential run and, and win for the Republican Party, I would not be opposed to Ron DeSantis being on the card either. I think that the comedy is great. I think that the energy is fun. I think the movement is is important. But I also think in an ideal world, what we need is not more craziness, right? Now, again, Trump's done some great things in my mind. Uh, a lot of the legislation that he passed, obviously the economy at the time was thriving, gas prices, uh, you know, all of it. He did a lot of great things, a lot of, a lot of tremendous things. Uh, but I do think that in an, and maybe it's not even his actions or even his words it was as much as it is going to be the response of the general public on the other side of things. I think we need a de-escalation of tension in the United States today. I think just, just looking at it from a, a step back, right? Looking at it from not looking at, you know, the, the movement here or the movement there. I, I think overall as a country, I would like to see more empathy. I would like to see more unification, right? And Biden ran on unification and we know that didn't end up being the case, but I would like to see a de-escalation of tension. And I don't know if we get that with Donald Trump right now. I think we get four more years equaling Lord, a 12 year back and forth of Trump, then Biden, then Trump, then, you know, so I, I, I don't know. 
Now, the bigger question is, could Ron DeSantis even win? Does he have the movement behind him? Now, I, I think polling wise, he did fairly well against Donald Trump recently in exit polls. Now, I don't know if that would translate, right? I, I haven't seen stadiums be filled by Ron DeSantis the same way they have been for Donald Trump. I don't think that he's as good at marketing himself personally. I don't know if he's as great at starting movements. I don't know if his slogans are as good. His jokes definitely aren't as funny. <laughs> There's some downfalls to Ron DeSantis, but I think in an ideal world, I do think that it would be a net overall positive for our country to, to, to de-escalate from the, the uh, sitcom that we're in currently between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, or I'm sorry, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I don't think it would be a bad thing for, for Ron DeSantis to take office. Now, that says nothing against Donald Trump. I just think as a culture, as a country, it may be in our best interest to de-escalate tensions, and that could happen through Ron DeSantis. Now, there is some things that Donald Trump has said recently, recently being an hour and a half ago, that I completely disagree with. And, and this alone will likely split the party and make a lot of people who are on Donald Trump's side really question whether or not they're going to vote for him in a DeSantis-Trump election, right? Um, primary is the right word for what I was looking for. So without further ado, here's that clip right after I tell you that you should go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You should go ahead and subscribe. Hit it right now. If you didn't hit it already, I forgive you. But if I ask you twice, I might not. I still will because you'll still listen. And I love you, but I would love you even more if you hit that subscribe button. And if I love you already because you're subscribed, take it a step further and really fulfill my heart <laughs> by, by leaving a five-star review. Write something in it, please. It would mean the world. That's the only way that uh, it really builds the podcast up and spreads the word. So if you appreciate my work, I would appreciate you working on just typing something, anything, whatever, you know. Give me your best joke. Tell me your favorite episode. I don't know. Just talk about it. I would appreciate it. Honestly, it would mean a lot. Other than that, go to uh, the redpillrevolution.co website, sign up for the Substack, stack, uh, givesengo.com slash redpillrevolution and donate. That would be awesome. And here's the clip that I'm talking about with Donald Trump that I actually disagree with. There's not been much that Donald Trump does in his uh speaking about legislation that I've actually disagreed with. And here is one that I highly, highly disagree with, highly advise against. I cannot even believe that he said this. It saddens me for the, the, the party that has been the one that has been speaking sensically. Sensically? I think that's a word. I know nonsensically is a word. Sensibly, sensically has to be a word. Anyways, let's go ahead and listen to this. This is Donald Trump saying that he would put to death anybody who is caught dealing drugs. We will wage war upon the cartels and stop the fentanyl and deadly drugs from killing 200,000 Americans per year. Agreed. That would be nice. And I will ask Congress for legislation ensuring that drug dealers and human traffickers, these are terrible, terrible, horrible people who are responsible for death, carnage, and crime all over our country, 
Every drug dealer during his or her life on average will kill 500 people with the drugs they sell, not to mention the destruction of families. But we're going to be asking everyone who sells drugs, gets caught selling drugs, to receive the death penalty for their heinous acts, because it's the only way. We don't need any more blue ribbon committees. We don't need, I don't like to say this. Highly, highly, highly disagree with that statement. It is absolutely not the only way to stop the deaths from fentanyl, to stop the overdose deaths. Overdose deaths, that's a fun one. It is not the only way. <clears throat> And if you understand what's going on and the people who are dealing these drugs, yeah, maybe if you're talking, and even then, again, I think that it, it, it's such a wrong way to move this. You're going to divide the party right there. With that one statement, Trump just divided the party. He's going to lose all of his younger base. You're going to have 10 80-year-olds in the audience clapping for that, and you're going to find that every single person under the age of 50 at this point, does not think that every drug dealer should get the death penalty. Because you know who are the drug dealers? You know, your guy on the street corner are the ones doing the drugs. And you know the ones who are doing the drugs? They're the ones who are highly affected in low socioeconomic classes. That statement made no sense. And it's of a poison to the party that he just did that. And I really hope he finds some way to draw that, bring that back in before 2024. And if he doubles down on that, I think he's going to have some issues because that's not the way that doesn't make any sense. It's not going to, you really think that taking somebody who's dealing a schedule one drug, marijuana, should get the death penalty. You know how many 16 year old dummies are out there dealing marijuana in the 26 remaining or however many 30 what is it, 29 states i don't know however many states there are left 29 states that are not legal why because they like to smoke weed and that's okay and even if it's a a, a different drug than that. I just don't think that's the way you don't kill. You don't sentence them to the death. But how many people a year are caught with drugs? How many people a year are caught dealing drugs? And you're just going to take the single mom in the trailer park or, or in the hood who's selling weed, selling psychedelics like shrooms and DMT and all of these things that are literally the whole movement. And you see that with Colorado, the movement is moving away from the war on drugs and Trump is doubling down on it. And that's not what the people want. And they've spoken over and over and over and over again. We do not want the what was it Truman, the war on drugs, right? We, that is not what we want today. And so I, I really do hope that he finds a way to pull that back. I, I don't think that that was the right way to go about it. I, I don't know why he would even include that in what he was saying. And Nixon, not Truman. Sorry, I'm stupid. Nixon, Nixon's speech of the war on drugs. 
That's not what anybody wants right now. Culture is moving away from that. Younger generations are moving away from that. We don't want to kill every drug dealer. You know what they need? They need a good economic structure. They need they need good education. You know what? And, and maybe you're stupid and you deal drugs, but that doesn't mean that you should be put to death, even if you're dealing like fentanyl, right? And and again, that's it's horrible. I hope nobody nobody's dealing fentanyl. I think it's wrong. I don't think that you should be put to death for if anything, put to death the sex traffickers. Put to death the human traffickers. Put put them to death. Don't talk about the drug dealers. How about how about put them in rehab and and help find them jobs? Give them a, a counselor. Because I guarantee you, 50 to 70% of people maybe not, I would say it's probably close, at least not more than this, of people who are actively dealing drugs are either A, poor as can be and can barely afford food, or B, are have severe mental health issues or a combination of both. The way of combating that is not by putting them to death and especially just saying drugs in general. Like I, I, I just think that's how I, I'm so... A, like I have never heard him say that before. And I'm honestly like that really just shakes the, the, the movement to its core, even if he lost 25%, because that's, that's really close to, to a big enough. If he actually runs on that and actually plans on doing that, you've lost me. I'm not voting for you. If you want to put every drug dealer to death. Now, again, I'm against don't, don't go, but do, again, drugs are so the classifications are so stupid. How many pharmacists are you going to put to death, Trump? How are you going to stop, stop Oxycontin? Because that kills way more than almost every recreational drug combined. How are you going to do it? It doesn't make any sense. And for you to just spout off and say that in your speech, it was written. For sure, that was written into it. And you just think that was going to be applauded into the election cycle. Like, it just made no sense. And, it, and again, especially when you're you're dealing with somebody who like DeSantis, who is going to run on, you know, logic and reason and not these big, crazy statements. You know, it's it's going to be a hard it's going to be a hard time that he that he finds himself in trying to run on that. If he if he doubles down on that, even if he says it again, this is going to be the thing that spreads like wildfire tomorrow. This is going to spread like wildfire, even more so than the fact that he's running. Because that was a crazy statement. That was so like, you know how many like redneck trucks you like kill your local drug dealer on the back of their shitty truck. And that's who you're playing to. How many people have that sticker? Like six guys with, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I disagree with it. I, I don't think that that's the way to go. And, and it, again, it makes me not even just from a marketing standpoint, even just from a uh, political party standpoint, it was untactful, highly untactful, because this announcement was huge. It was huge. It's a huge announcement. And uh, and now it's tainted. It's tainted by the singular statement that he made that at least, I would say at least 50% of the people, and even if 50%, I would say it's less, it's less than that who think that they should all be put to death, even if we're talking about fentanyl. Because again, the people you're doing that to are low-income, uh, generally uneducated, 
mental health issues. Americans, not the cartels, not the Chinese who are making it. You're talking about killing everyday mothers and fathers for getting caught up in the machine that gets them to eventually deal drugs because they feel like they have no other way to feed their children. That's who we're going to put to death. That's who we're going to put to death. Not the Ghislaine Maxwells. Donald Trump isn't calling on Ghislaine Maxwell to be put to death for all the horrific things that her and Jeffrey Epstein did to people. He's calling on people who sell weed. I don't know. That's my thoughts on that. I, I, I highly disagree with that, as you can tell. It, it makes me sad that that was even stated. I think it's really going to throw a wrench in the party if he runs on that. And uh, I guess time will tell, right? As always, time will tell. But I really think that that was highly detrimental to his speech today, to what should have been a celebration turned into a mockery and a negative mark on Trump's record by him saying that singular statement. And again, I voted for Trump, voted for Trump twice. And obviously, in light of Joe Biden and, you know, the, the Hillary Clinton, like, what are you going to do in a society that's trying to turn your children into trans kitty cat uh, litter box using <laughs> students? And I guess Joe or uh, Joe Rogan, different Joe than Joe Biden talking about that. I talked about that a few episodes ago, how Joe Rogan talked about the, the kitty litter, uh, situation in this, in a student's bathroom. And, uh, he, he didn't exactly like apologize and say that I was wrong. He was like, Nope, this dude actually told me that. And he called to like verify with him and all that type of thing. But he kind of walked it back a little bit, but I have family too, that said the same thing. And, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just this weird wildfire, like you know, but thing, but I have people that I know in my family that said that this is the same situation happened in North Carolina. So if I was wrong for perpetuating that, then shame on me. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me. And that's sad enough, right? That is sad enough. All right. So the last thing that we're going to close out on here is going to be FTX. FTX. Filed for bankruptcy. If you don't know what FTX is, it was a cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency exchange that recently filed for bankruptcy. And now where it gets, gets really squirrely is the fact that the CEO of FTX was the number five donor to Joe Biden's campaign, donating $50 million to Joe Biden during is running for president. The number five donor. Do you know who number one was, by the way? Take a guess. Take a guess who the number one donor was to Joe Biden's political campaign. Just one teensy little guess. If you started hearing Star Wars in the background, it was George Soros. Yes, it was George Soros. George Soros was the number one donor. And if that tells you anything about the number five donor was this weirdo who started FTX. And now there is all of these situations. Even Elon Musk came out and said it's a little bit fishy that Ukraine invested 
billions of dollars of your tax dollars into FTX, which then allegedly was siphoned off back to the Democratic Party. So when we're talking about these these uh, the the shuffling of money by the Biden administration, the, the I don't know how like hundreds of billions of dollars that we were at at this point. Uh, of the money that we've sent over to Ukraine. I don't know what the exact figure is, but I'm sure we can find it out. Let's read this article, okay? Now, this is not coming from one that I'm familiar with, but it did seem to have some good information and it kind of conglomerated all of the tweets and everything on that. So uh, verify some of this for yourself and we'll actually listen to some of this video here if I can get it connected, but uh, we'll read this together. I do think that you should... Um, do your own work on this because I, I, I'm I honestly, it's, it's so crazy that I want you to go study it yourself. I, I don't want to be the only purveyor of information here because this could literally be the one thing that takes down the, the money laundering scheme that is the Biden administration and the democratic party, because they donated so much money, so much money. And then all of the sudden they file for bankruptcy out of nowhere. And then, you know, meanwhile, all of this money was being shuffled back through FTX from Ukraine, who invested the money that you gave them to fight this war against Russia into this cryptocurrency that eventually went completely bankrupt. This exchange, which went completely bankrupt. And for no reason, which didn't make any sense. So let's let's read through this. A lot of people lost a lot of money, like billions of dollars of American money was lost during this weird little shuffling of, of money here. Uh, so while this connects to my Bluetooth, and there it is, look at that, on the fly. That's how good I am after 51 episodes. Um, we will go ahead and read through this. So this is coming from Breaking Digest. Again, I don't claim this to be the most... Uh, you know, scientific of articles. Um, so do the work on yourself. But I thought they did a good job conglomerating all of the information on this in a way that you would not see from the traditional media. Um, so again, this is coming from breakingdigest.com. And it says, you've likely heard about the company called FTX recently and its founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, who goes by SBF. FTX seemingly rose up out of nowhere to become a crypto uh, cryptocurrency behemoth. Last week, FTX went bankrupt with no warning at all, shocking everybody. The crypto market tanked. Bloomberg called the FTX collapse one of history's greatest ever destructions of wealth. Now, as we're putting together the pieces, we're learning that this might actually have been the biggest money laundering operation of all time. Remember all those billions upon billions that were going to Ukraine? Some of us suspected it all along, but didn't know exactly how it was being done. Now we're starting to connect the dots. Here's how it could have been done. The U.S. takes billions of dollars of taxpayer dollars and funnels it over to Ukraine. Ukraine then puts those billions into FTX, which is owned by SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried. SBF then takes the billions and donates them back to the Democratic Party. This is not speculation. SBF was the number two largest donor. Uh, from what I read, he was the number five. But this says he was the number two largest donor to the Democrats next to George Soros. The Democratic Party then funnels the money to people like Joe Biden and uses it to run elections. End result, key Democrats end up with millions. Races are stolen. If this all ends up being true or even partially true, um, potentially treasonous. 
All right, now Elon Musk himself posted this, and it's a little bit of an infographic, which, and, which he commented on, and this was two days ago, says SBF was a major Democratic donor, so no investigation. And it's a kind of a quadrant of a picture of the CEO of FTX, SBF, gosh, that's confusing and stupid, who's a MIT graduate, showing that from him went to Gary Gensler, who's the head of the F or the SEC, former president at MIT, which then went to, let's see if I can actually open up this tweet here, uh, which then went to the professor of economics at MIT, former boss of Gary Gensler, which then went to the CEO of Almeida. And Almeida was the uh, basically a funding venture for the FTX company, which did market research and invested money, which then went back to Sam Bankman-Fried. Right. Uh, so that is your theory. Now let's go ahead and move through this and see about this article a little bit further. All right. Some other people said, while Biden gang has been harassing and threatening Elon Musk and his companies, one of the worst scams in modern finance was being perpetuated under the nose by a regular uh, Wall Hill investor and the second biggest Democratic donor. So it, yeah, this was Tom Fitton who said that second biggest donor, not the fifth biggest donor. Jack Posobiec said, it is increasingly looking that the Democrats, uh, Democrats 2022 campaigns were funded by kickbacks from Ukraine, funding using FTX as the pass-through vehicle. No wonder this guy is scared for his life after ripping these people apart off. Wow. So that's the idea. The idea is that, and then let's go ahead and here's a good video on it that we'll read. Um, Sam Bankman-Fried spent $40 million on Democratic candidates. He also donated $10 million directly to then-candidate Joe Biden. Wow. And it basically explained how FTX is basically just a Ponzi scheme. Uh, and here's a video that says FTX 90 seconds, 99 seconds. Here is your explanation. Bankman Freed. People call him SBF. He's the founder of FTX. He also controlled a crypto hedge fund called Alameda Research, but that's all gone now. He wants you to think he's a sweet guy. He even brought in a famous YouTuber who called him the most generous man in the world. Yep, that happened. Truth is, Sam Bankman Freed is a liar and a crook. His personal crypto FTX token was basically a Ponzi scheme hidden below layers of Moonbro jargon. He even went on Bloomberg's podcast and bragged about it. Yep, that happened. He used his Ponzi token as collateral to borrow billions of real dollars that he couldn't pay back. He then use those real dollars to build an empire out of dying companies like Voyager and BlockFi. This led Jim Cramer to call him the new JP Morgan. That's weird. It's not like Jim Cramer to promote a billionaire con artist. SBF sold people cryptos like Bitcoin, or so they thought. What they really bought from SBF was an IOU. But as long as everyone didn't cash in their IOU at the same time, the scheme worked. Until it didn't. This other a-hole who hates SBF came along and engineered a bank run with some passive-aggressive tweets. It worked. SBF didn't have enough money to repay everyone at once, and now his customers have lost everything. He'll be happy to know that this is exactly how every bank in the world operates. So where did all the money go? 
He misappropriated $4 billion trying to save his failing hedge fund. Whoops, that's a felony. He spent $21 million on Super Bowl commercials, $5 million for the big guy, $40 million in campaign donations. I wonder what he wanted in return. And everyone who's pointing at this story and saying, this is exactly why we need to regulate crypto. Remember that SBF stole billions. That's already a crime. And he spent a lot of it on bribing politicians, also a crime, in order to create a crypto monopoly for himself. Government regulations don't protect the customers. They protect the crooks. That's exactly what SBF was trying to do. There you go. If you caught all of that. <laughs> so um, there was also something in the balance sheet of FTX that literally was an investment titled Trump lose. That's what we're dealing with here is somebody who that's that's the direction that he went with his financing and spent $10 million directly to Joe Biden, directly to Joe Biden. Um, so there was one more thing here that I wanted to see on this. Oh, the World Economic Forum. Let me go ahead and just pull up this article. The World Economic Forum scrubbed the FTX crypto story from its website. So they had a full page dedicated to FTX on the World Economic Forum website. And it's gone now. Gone. Completely gone. You can't find it. Right? And this is, again, coming from, they, there's good verifiable screenshots and all the tweets and everything of, of where this came from. Um, but this was coming from uh, somebody who had a good screenshot of it on the World Economic Forum website, which talked about FTX. It said FTX is a cryptocurrency exchange built by traders for traders. FTX offers innovative products, including industry first derivatives, options, volatility products and leveraged tokens. It strives to develop a platform robust enough for professional trading firms and intuitive enough for first time users. Well, good sales pitch so that you can fund money to Joe. Biden. And just like that, it's gone. That portion of their website is gone. The day this happened yesterday, that or two days ago, this was now gone. Took it, got the money from Ukraine over to Joe Biden, over to all of the little minions of the Democratic Party, and then scrubbed it from their website. Used their website to build legitimacy show that, you know, and here's a, here's an interesting thing about this is like, there's another person who ties this to like pedophilia in some weird way. Um, I don't exactly know if I agree with all of that. Um, it literally just had to do with like the logos and symbolism. And it definitely lines up with the symbolism surrounding pedophilia that the FBI and the CIA themselves came out with showing the symbolism that talks about that and, and being the, uh, I think it was the logo for Almeida the scientific research and, and investment firm that was an offshoot that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was also the CEO of. Uh, but that's a, another story that maybe look into. Now, here's another one that we'll talk about on this, which is that the FTX founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, funneled max donations to Nancy Pelosi's likely successor. Hmm. FTX founder, and this is coming from Fox Business, FTX founder and CEO Sam Bankman-Freeman donated the maximum allowable amount to an individual can give to the candidate to House Speaker Pelosi's likely successor. Bankman-Freeman made a contribution of $5,800 to Rep. Hakeem Jeffries in 2021. According to the Federal Election Commission data, while the amounts was relatively tiny compared to the roughly $38 million the crypto entrepreneur funneled to candidates and political action committees ahead of the midterm elections. It represented the maximum contribution an individual is allowed to donate to a single candidate under federal campaign finance laws. Now, if you have to, if you have to understand the kind of the business model of how this worked, FTX was not a trade 
uh, was not a, the, all of the billions of dollars that people put into this were never actually sitting in crypto. It was IOUs. It was all blank. It was all fabricated. And he took those billions of dollars, 10, it was like $10 billion or something crazy that it was worth. Um, FTX confirms unauthorized transactions as 1 billion in crypto reportedly vanishes. There's another headline for you. Um, but he took that money and did what he pleased with it. And and then what happened was that the Ukraine and put that money into the FTX exchange, the cryptocurrency exchange, gave this guy, you know, Sam Freed, whatever, gave back IOUs as a result, then sent the actual money to the Democratic Party, to Joe Biden, $38 million of what they received, at least, at least. And that's just what we know here two days after. What's going to come out in two weeks, two months? So let's go ahead and, but but you have to understand how that business model works. The, the, the money that people were putting into this, the people that were buying cryptocurrency only worked if they were liquid and they weren't liquid in any of their assets. They put the money into the cryptocurrency exchange. And then he said, okay, sure. Yeah, you got 12 of, of FU coin or whatever. <laughs> and then... It didn't, they didn't actually hold any of it. They had IOUs that said, okay, if it goes up and you pull out and we're liquid enough to pay you, then we will. But it didn't actually hold the value of the coin, which is kind of weird when it comes to crypto because there should be some verifiable transaction when it comes to that. But I guess when it comes to these exchanges, it doesn't work that way. Uh, so, or maybe I'm wrong there too, but that's how, how I understand this. Now, it goes on to say that according to the FEC, individual contributors are only permitted to give 2,900 per candidate per election. Individuals may combine two maximum contributions into a single donation of 5,800 since primaries and general elections count as two separate elections. Wow, $5,800. That's what we're writing this whole article on. Jeffries was the only House candidate who Bankman Freed gave $5,800 to. He donated the same amount to various Democratic and Republican senators in 2021-22. Jeffries, who is currently the fifth highest ranked Democrat in the House, is considered a likely successor to Pelosi when she steps down from her role as leader of the House Democrats, Politico reported. The New York Democrat is expected to have more behind-the-scenes support from the Democratic leaders compared to Adam Schiff. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I care about $5,800. Bankman Freed's donation to Jeffries, though it was a just a small slice of, his slice of his overall political givings during the midterm election cycles, the majority of his $38 million in donations were sent to a Protect Our Future PAC and House Majority PAC, both of which were exclusively supported Democratic candidates. Now, Here's the bigger issue with all this is super PACs never have to talk about where their come where their money came from or where it went to. That's a huge issue that nobody's talking about while we're sitting here sifting through this one individual's $38 million. A super PAC could have donated $38 billion. Just doesn't have the, the laundering scheme that was set up through FTX. It says Bankman Free's donations made him the second largest donor to the Democrats in the cycle, behind only George Soros, who donated nearly 127 million. So to correct myself, he was the number two largest donor to the Democrats, behind the world's biggest supervillain, maybe second biggest behind Klaus Schwab, but the world's biggest supervillain, George Soros. And then right under George Soros was Sam Bankman Fried of FTX. Number two donor to the Democratic Party who literally laundered your tax dollars to Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. All of the money that we're sending to Ukraine, all of the aid that we're sending to Ukraine went directly into FTX, which went right back into the Democratic National Party and Joe Biden, the big guy, directly. And you know what's going to happen out of this? 
nothing. Nothing at all is going to happen. Nobody's going to go to jail. Nobody's going to be in trouble. This guy's going to get off with some blue collar or white collar bullshit charge that nobody's never going to. And he's going to go live. He's already living in the Bahamas. He's never going to see any any issues with this. He's never going to go to jail. Nothing. Do you know what would have happened if if Donald Trump did this? Do you know what would happen if Donald Trump did this? If Donald Trump got caught getting, taking $10 million, $40 million to the Republican Party from somebody who immediately went bankrupt and was literally just siphoning money from your tax dollars through Ukraine's war efforts back to themselves through cryptocurrency, and they got caught red-handed, do you know what would have happened? The FBI already raided him over some bullshit documents that had nothing, nothing at all on them that was worthwhile, or else he'd be in jail or at least facing charges, and nothing happened. Do you know what would have happened? <laughs> it's crazy. Nothing's going to happen here. Says Bankman Freeze donations made him the second largest donor. We just talked about that. Meanwhile, a massive liquidity crisis forced FTX to file bankruptcy last week. Bankman Freeze net worth subsequently dropped by an estimated $15.6 billion to no material wealth. Holy shit, $15.6 billion, according to Bloomberg's Billionaire Index. The former billionaire admitted on Thursday that he effed up. Effed up. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. How wild. All right. And that's what I got for you guys. That's what I got. Now, we're going to be doing an episode soon where I'm going to roll out. You know, I talked about doing the background music on that intro at the very beginning, which I think is fun. It's kind of cool that I sat there on Logic Pro and, you know, never did that before and made that intro. But anyways, what's more important about that intro is the words. And I realized that since starting this podcast, I've gotten a little bit away from the essence of that intro, right? Really capturing and questioning and rethinking the way that our culture works, you know, finance, history, education, parenting, all of that stuff is something that I want to hold the essence to. I, I don't just want to do current events. I want to help you reshape and re-educate yourself on the way that you view our country, this world, history, education, parenting, money, Hollywood, all of those things that I discuss in the intro. Those are all things that are near and dear to my heart. And I will be announcing something in the very next podcast that is going to be reaffirming that and not pivoting the way that we do this podcast moving forward because we will still do this format, but also adding on an additional layer to it on a weekly basis that will start to build that section of it out more, okay? So stay tuned for that. Leave a five-star review. Type it up because next time you listen to this podcast, you don't have to hear me say it again and be like, oh man, maybe I should do that. Maybe I shouldn't, should just, you know, type something really nice about how awesome he is and how great this podcast is and get a bunch of people to join this movement. You won't have to feel that next time if you just do it right now. All you gotta do is just grab your phone. You already got it in your hand. Anyways, it's sitting there right now in your hand. And if it's not in your hand, it's in your cup holder or something crazy. And if you're one of those, you know, fancy people, you got a, uh, uh, you know, something in your car that holds your phone for you. But all you gotta do, hit a five-star review, type something nice. It would mean so much to me. Head over to redpillrevolution.co.com is for losers. I don't think I could do that any better if you've never seen it. Head over to YouTube, subscribe there. Uh, Rumble, I'm on there. 
Truth Social, Instagram, TikTok got banned. So we're building that one up again. Uh, TikTok is now RPR with Austin Adams. Uh, everything else is at Red Pill Revolt. Uh, sign up for the Substack. You'll get all the articles, links, videos, topic videos, full podcast video, podcast, all of that stuff directly to your email every single week. And soon, multiple times a week. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I reset my roadcaster here so I don't have my stinger. Uh, but maybe I'll do it with my mouth. Have a great week, guys. Thank you so much. And welcome to the revolution. Doodle 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 doodle. <laughs>